welcome to Faith Foundations with Open the Word with Circle of Friends podcast. I'm Gwen, your host. We are following up today uh, a second recording about the book of Isaiah. Last week, we went through the book of Isaiah, talked about our who, what, when, where, how, and why, and the outline of the book, the three sections that it's kind of written in. And then I had mentioned along the way some of the prophecies that are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And some of these prophecies are 800 years before Jesus exists as Jesus Christ, the baby born in a manger. So the interesting thing is these are the details that would have been carried to Babylon that would have ended up in the hands of those kings, those magi that make this huge long journey to find the Messiah. And so a lot of this are the things that they would have had and been looking forward to the Messiah's coming. Um, and they would have been taken to uh, Babylon by Daniel, by uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, by many of the other young men who were the smartest, the brightest, the most beautiful, that were literally pillaged and taken into captivity in the exile during those 70 years and so. Anyway, a lot of the knowledge went with them. Uh, the knowledge of the scriptures and those kinds of things. The other thing is the temple was stripped. And so the scrolls would have been taken, you know, the gold, the the precious stuff from that temple would have been taken as well. Um, and so he kind of, I don't know, this is a weird way to put it, but the guts of the temple and the word of God were taken to Babylon uh, right about uh, yeah, about 200 years after uh, the book of Isaiah is written. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into some of these. Um, this is truly fascinating when you look at it because there are some prophecies that are about 1,200 years before. Those are a lot of the ones in Genesis. Um, a lot of the ones in the prophets are about 500 years to 700 years before Christ. And then you have, you know, some in Psalms and those that are about eight, a thousand to 800 years before Christ. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's kind of neat if you, um, if you wanted to look it up, a resource is the Rose Book of Bible Charts, Maps, and Timelines. And there's lots of different versions. The one I have is actually an expanded edition 10th anniversary, and it's the Bible Charts, Maps, and Timelines. Um, and so there's several so, you know, just kind of look through and find the match for that. But they have all kinds of things that are amazing resources from pictures of that tabernacle and the temples to um, uh, timelines and charts. And you can see where the prophets would overlap the kings of Israel and Judah. Um, you can kind of see that kind of stuff. But the one chart I wanted to kind of use for this is a hundred prophecies fulfilled by Jesus with his life, death, and resurrection. And so uh, I'm going to kind of just work through that and highlight the ones that come out of Isaiah. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and get started with that. In, in last week's section, I talked about the key verse, which is for unto us a child is born, unto us a king is given. And so, you know, obviously we, ha we are starting with that one, which is incredible. So a child will be born. Um, 
So, and then in Luke, we know that that is fulfilled. Luke 2.11 would be the verse I would send you to, to get, just kind of look at that one, that today in the town of David, a Savior is has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Uh, another one we have is that he's born a king in the line of David. Uh, and that comes out of Isaiah 9, verse 7. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. Uh, this is also mentioned in Jeremiah 23, 5, and in thirty chapter 30, verse 9. So it's not just mentioned in one place. And also in 2 Samuel 7, uh, 12 through 13. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, there is a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, who is also the son of David, uh, the son of Abraham. And so one of the things that's important to know about Matthew is that Matthew is a Jew, and he's a Jew that was a tax collector, and so he had kind of lost his roots a little bit in his life. And I don't know about you, I don't know this 100%, obviously, but I think that's why he wrote the book of Matthew the way he did. Because in his relationship with Jesus, he was reconnecting to his Jewish roots. And he very much wanted them to understand how Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament. Um, Because uh, he focuses a lot on the lineage of Christ, that Jesus is qualified to be the king of the nation of Israel. He's qualified by birth. He's qualified down through the years. And so we get this beautiful lineage in that first chapter of Matthew that goes from uh, Abraham all the way down through time. Uh, and we get these beautiful inclusions of Ruth, uh, and Boaz's story where Ruth is grafted into the nation of Israel as a Moabite. We get the picture of the woman who was on the wall, Rahab, who saved all of those spies going into the promised land. Um, and, you know, we so we have this beautiful picture of uh, foreigners being adopted and grafted into the nation of Israel and to the point that they are part of, of the legal lineage of Christ um, and the the legal throne being passed on. And the interesting thing, tongue-in-cheek, when Matthew wrote this, um, he was also highlighting the fact that the king at the time um, that was allowed reign, uh, so what was it, Herod, um, he was actually not a proper descendant. He was not qualified legally um, to carry the throne of David. And so he was a false king sitting on a throne that did not belong to him. And so, you know, kind of tongue in cheek, Jesus is born in a manger and he's got more right to the throne than the actual king and his sons in power. Um, And so there's a little bit of play on that in the book of Matthew. Um, But the thing, you know, that some people might question is, Uh, Matthew's lineage is the legal one because he was considered a legal son of Joseph, even though he was born of a virgin. Um, And so there is another place that we do get a secondary heritage or lineage. And it's actually Mary's lineage, but it's a little bit tricky to see that. And it kind of goes back to um, something that Moses did for four sisters uh, out in the wilderness when, you know, there was a whole generation that died and they had to wander for 40 years. Well, 
all of the men in the these four four sisters' families had died. Their father had died, and he hadn't had a male heir. Um, and so they appealed to Moses to preserve, you know, we need something to preserve our heritage. Otherwise, we've got no, no place in the promised land. There's nothing for us there. Um, and so Moses listens, and he says, the girls have a point. And so he allows in that special scenario for a woman's, um, a family's inheritance to pass to the woman when there is no male heir issued. And so when those women would have married, that husband becomes uh, the heir, so to speak. And so it goes to her through the, her marriage. It follows her into her marriage. And so that would have been what they believe is kind of going on with uh, Mary and Joseph, that Mary was probably the only, um, she was probably the heir to the family, um, no sons or anything like that. So um, in any case, we don't know that she had brothers and sisters. There's really no mention of any in scripture. And there's a definite precedence that Jesus looks at the disciple he loves and asks him to take over the, the duty of caring as firstborn for the mother. Um, and so we even have that picture, um, even though Jesus has brothers. <laughs> and we know that he has brothers. But um, John was asked to kind of take Mary under his wing. And, you know, I think that speaks a little bit to what was going on in the family, perhaps. But also maybe um, how one of the brothers would follow Christ's example um, and lay down his life. But definitely have the calling to carry the message of the gospel um, and the freedom to do so. Okay, so back to what we've got here um, in some of these prophecies out of the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah 11, 1 and 2, we have this reference to um, the Messiah being a rod out of the stem of Jesse. Um, and so, you know, we have that picture coming out. And a rod is, is typically like royal rule. You know, you would rule with a rod. Um, it kind of denotes a kingdom coming out um, or, you know, uh, authority coming out. Okay, so other ones that we have, we have Isaiah 55, um, verses 4 and 5. Those that were not his people will be called. Um, so there's like a summons to the nations, Um that those nations get grafted in. Uh, you can also see that in Hosea chapter 223. Um, in Romans, we have Romans 9, 23 through 26. It talks about even us whom he also called, being Jesus, not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles, that Jesus called both. Uh, then we, he's also uh, to be a stone of stumbling to the Jews, and that comes out of Isaiah 8, 14. Um, and he will be a sanctuary for both houses of Israel, and he will be a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. For the people of Jerusalem, he will be a trap and a snare. Um, and we know that he came into his own and his own received them not. Uh, in First Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, 
Peter writes, they stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Um, and then Romans 8, or sorry, chapter 9, verse 31 and through 33 talks about this too. Israel stumbling over the stumbling stone, as it is written, See, I lay in Zion a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that will make them fall, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Uh, okay, so let's see, what other passages do we have? Um, fulfilled the promises to the Jews and to be a light to the Gentiles. Um, Isaiah 42, 6, I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. And then in Isaiah 49, 6, I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. And so, yeah, that... I mean, Jesus talks about himself being the light um, as well as the, the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, so let's see. Let's get some more. Um, all right, I got a whole bunch here. So the people's hearts are hardened. That comes out of Isaiah 6, 9 through 10. Um, and we definitely see that in the Gospels. In Matthew, we see it in chapter 13, uh, verse 13 through 15. And then in John 12, Verses 37 through 40. Um, and then you'll also see it in Acts 28, 24 through 27. Um, okay, in Isaiah 9, 1 through 2, it talks about his ministry in Zebulun, Naphtali, and Galilee. And so I find that kind of interesting, right? Um, Matthew 4, 12 through 16 is where we see that fulfilled in Scripture uh, specifically. Isaiah 9, 6 says the government is on his shoulders. We see that talked about in Matthew 28, 18, and then in 1 Corinthians 15, 24 through 25. Um, Isaiah 40, verses 3 through 5, uh, someone will prepare for the coming of the Lord. And I'm going to just take a minute and look that one up. 40 verse 3 says, A voice is calling, Clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the deserts a highway for our God. Um, and I, if that should feel pretty familiar, because that is John the Baptist's message um, to the people. So when you're looking in the Gospels and you hear what John the Baptist is saying, um, you see him as the one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Uh, and that was prophesied again. Um that was prophesied about 500 to 800 years before John the Baptist's birth, even. So um, I, I just find that interesting. This is just fascinating to me. I hope it is for you guys, too. Um, we've got Isaiah 11, 2. We've got Isaiah 42, 1. And we've got Isaiah 61, 1 and 2, where the Spirit of the Lord rests on him. Um, and so it talks about that. We definitely see that fulfilled in Scripture when he's baptized, when Jesus is baptized, and that spirit like a dove comes down and God speaks over his son. We see that very clear. It, he will be a healer and a savior and will do miracles. We see that in Isaiah 35, 4 through 6. Uh, let me turn to that real quick. And I'll focus in on verse 5. It says, The eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf will be unstopped, and the lame will leap like deer. And the tongue of the mute will shout for joy. And so I, I just find that interesting because what are the miracles that we see mostly in, 
in those gospels. It's we see blind with sight and the deaf with ears that work and and lame that get up and run and dance and praise the Lord. Okay, so uh, let me do a couple more, and then I'm going to end for today. I think I'll leave this one a little shorter. Um, But there are many, many, many more uh, prophecies that are made in the book of Isaiah that are fulfilled in the life of Christ uh, that are detailed throughout the the New Testament, for sure. Uh, There's one more I want to talk about, and that Jesus will be a shepherd who tends uh, his sheep. And this one comes out of Isaiah 10. Um, and it's verses 10 and 11, and it, uh, it talks, and I think I'm just going to focus on verse 11. It says, like a shepherd, he will tend his flock. In his arms, he will gather the lambs. He will carry them uh, in his bosom, and he will gently lead those that are nursing young. And so, you know, where do we see that? Well, we see that one fulfilled uh, in John chapter 10, 11, where he Jesus is talking about himself as the good shepherd um, and how the sheep will know his voice. We see it in Hebrews 11, uh, verse 20, and then also in 1 Peter 2, um, chapter 2, verse 25. And so if, if you're getting kind of the feel of this, the Old Testament and the New Testament mirror one another. You cannot separate the New Testament from the Old Testament foundation and its roots, because in the New Testament is the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies to be found in Christ. And so uh, you've got to bear that in mind that the context for the New Testament scripture is the Old Testament. It is the covenant that God made with the nation of Israel. And so we walk on the foundation that was laid before and throughout the Old Testament. Um, And so God's mercies in the New Testament and where we see those, we have to look back and see the hand of God providing mercy through the Old Testament as well because God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when Jesus came, he came as the exact representation of the Father so that when we look at the Son, we see God himself. And so you have to go back and look at that Old Testament through the eyes of who Jesus is, because that is the heart of the Father. Um, And so the Old and the New Testament have to be understood and read um, as one continuous book and story. Uh, And so thank you for joining me today. That kind of concludes the second part of the book of Isaiah. And next week we will carry on and we will do our next major prophet. All right. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia Style Boutique for your perfect outfit, everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse, to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew 
at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.